Called to the booth. I keep to leave here along with Harrison Sanford. Pick six series. We talking wild outs today. You're going to be surprised. It's a lot of babies on the list. Paul, drop that beat. Call to the booth, Harrison Sanford, to keep to lead on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, getting you guys set for your Fourth of July weekend with our wide receiver pick six series, or I'd rather get our pick six series featuring wide receivers. So far, we've done quarterbacks. Last week, we did defensive backs. Stay tuned. We got a couple more episodes after this one. After you celebrate your Fourth of July with whatever you're doing, make sure you get the fireworks wherever you might be going, exotic locations. I know, Akeem, you got to be doing something special, right? It's the first summer, 4th of July, that you that's where it's open. That you can open, go back outside, right? Yeah, that you can go back outside, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we moving around, baby. We going to Cancun. Hey, we gone, baby. <laughs> now, nah, me and the fam, man, take them babies to Cancun, uh, do something different. You know what I'm saying? My brother, my brother, my brother, his kids, they invited us out, man, so... We gone, man. We gone. We gonna go see what Cancun talking about on Fourth of July. There we go. And and what the one thing that has been, I've been telling my friends and I've been seeing it live and in person. Feel like this summer is gonna be special for a lot of people. Just because. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. All right, uh, let's talk some football though. All right, so we're doing our wide receiver rankings in this episode, and it's. I mean, what we're seeing from the wide receiver class is, I don't think we've seen it before. I mean, obviously you you were in the league for a while. Usually, right. they'll, the, the, the cliche statement was it's going to take wide receivers a long time to get where they need to be to be really impact players. But that's changed. Right. Uh, how have you know what's been the difference for you? What, what are the identifiable things that really have made it easier for them to explode on the scene? Uh, honestly, I think it's the kind of mix of both systems, man. You got college guys implementing a lot of NFL stuff into their systems, and then you got NFL systems implementing a lot of college shit in today's systems, right? So it's not as foreign to them young guys when they get there. It ain't like foreign language. They're like, oh, yeah, I know this language. I, I did this before, right? So I think just the mesh of both college and football type of football, they're kind of mixing together right now. I think that helped them young wild outside a lot. Yeah, it's been exciting to see them. And we want to talk about one of your former teams uh, and their wide receiver unit. So this is a make, make it or break it year, you would assume, for Cam Newton, right? Yeah, they, they drafted Mac Jones. He's probably the court. He he could be the quarterback of the future. Cam Newton this year got some additions to his wide receiver core, added some tight ends as well. Um, but what do you think another year from Nikhil Harry could be? Uh, obviously, they made Nelson Aguilar a, a, a primary uh, decision uh, at the wide receiver position. What do you think about his opportunity now with the talent to potentially to, to potentially win and come back in that AFC East? Does he have enough? Uh, I think, I think Cam got enough. I like I like Aguilar and I like Bourne on the outside, man. They definitely could win. Then you can't forget about the two guys he got inside, man. He got them two tight ends going to work for him too. So, long as you got weapons and an O line, and I think I think the Patriots going to run the ball good too, man. You could you could do a lot in the pass game off your run game. So, start with that run game. I think if they start with that run game, they toting the rock and they and they establish themselves as a big-time running running team that pass to open wide up, especially with them tight ends, man. Guys guys have bad eyes. They have tight ends run right past them all day. So I think he got enough, man. With that O-line, with that defense, with those wide outs, running backs, I think he got enough to win, man. So he's just going to have to lead the show. 
fair or foul, Cam Newton le- Cam Newton's legacy is on the line this season. Oh nah, I think Cam already left his legacy, man. You 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 an African American quarterback, went to the chip, you Heisman, everything else, man. So you already Cam. Number one, was he number one pick? Number two or whatever he was. He he, he, he already pick, yeah. number one pick, man. You you done did so much. League MVP. You done did so much. Your legacy is it's it's already set in stone. But legacies are different. Like I keep to leave got a legacy, right? But then Deion Sanders got a whole nother legacy. You know what I'm saying? He was that much better. So you could crank that legacy up a little bit with some some late career wins, championships, Super Bowl appearance type things in New England. That legacy can get even better, but it's set in stone right now, man. He did enough. Uh, that would be a, uh, I guess it would be called what a feather in the cap uh, for sure. It's yeah. interesting though, because when it icing, comes to Cam, icing on the cake, icing on the cake. There you go. It's interesting because a lot of people try to basically close the door on his on his tenure in the league and he still got still got opportunity to be great. He got a good, and he got a good football team he on right now too, so they going to make some noise for sure. There we go. There we go. All right. So, when we looked at this wide receiver rankings, uh spoiler alert, there are no slot right? No slot wide receivers in this top 6. And nah. <laughs> but hey, Akeem, now Akeem, I know you're not used to, I know you're used to getting the, you know, the top guy, but yeah. as we talked about the emergence of young wide receivers, we also have to talk about the emergence of the slot wide receiver. A guy like Cole Beasley was immensely important uh, for Definitely. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills this year. And there's wide slot receivers all over the league that make big-time impact. Um, why couldn't you put them in that top six considering how important they are to the functionality of the offense and what they've caught and what they forced defenses to do with their coverage? Uh, I think slot receivers, it's, it's a big part of football now, right? But... I don't think a slot receiver is going to, like, take over the game and have us going crazy and meetings on Wednesday because it's slot. What are we going to – like, uh, them, them, this, that's what the X receivers and the outside guys going to do, man. It's it's just a different beast outside, man. It's a It became a huge part of football. You got a game plan for it. You got to get ready for it, man. You got to be aware of it. And it's some good slot receivers in the league as well, but I think most of the damage is going to come from the guys who could take you up top. Yo, yo, this Keenan Allen. This is Jared Goff. Devin McCourty here alongside my guy, Jason McCourty on the other side. Yo, this is Tyron Matthew, and you know I had to make the call to the booth. You know how to make that call to the booth for my guy, Keen Talib. And I must say, I was surprised, and I think our audience is going to be surprised. Who starts off the list at number six. I ain't going to say it. I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> number six on the list. It was tough now. It was tough because it's a lot of good wideouts in the league. But number six on my list, man, I'm going Calvin Ridley. Man, he, the route running, the size, the speed, the hands, the route running, it's different now. It's different. So now that, now that it's really his show, I think that you're really going to see that 1,500 double-digit touchdown season that he's capable of, man, now that he's going to get all the targets. Yeah, he was fifth in PPR last year uh, for people who are playing fantasy football. And the thing that was interesting about Calvin Ridley, I know there's going to be a discussion, oh, can he be the number one? And you know, no disrespect to Julio Jones, but Julio Jones, especially, I, I would know this point, you know, playing a bunch of fantasy football or just watching the sport itself. Julio John, Jones over the past couple of years would religiously miss a good handful of games where mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley had to end up being the number one. Um, mm-hmm. And Calvin Ridley balled out. So 
Uh, right. I know some people will be shocked to see it there because that means that somebody or some very good players are getting cut off the list. And I, I assume that was your biggest challenge again. Just yeah, man. leaving it's the these top young, guys it, off. It's these young bulls, Harrison. It's like, <laughs> I want to put them OGs on there, but these young bulls going crazy, man. I couldn't leave them off. Yeah, speaking of young bulls, this guy took over the scene last year and he made amazing plays as a wide receiver. But he also just made amazing plays as a football player, DK Metcalf, yeah. uh, Hall of Famer, Walter Jones, famous Seattle Seahawks, came on the show last year. Him and Akeem had a funny little back and forth about that famous play he had on Monday Night Football, or Sunday Night Football rather yet, chasing down Buda Baker in their matchup mm -hmm. against the Arizona Cardinals. Take a listen. Let's just say, for example, Akeem catches an interception from uh, Russell Wilson. Is, is DK catching him? Hell no, nah, DK catch me. <laughs> hey, that he was might, that was Walter's question. <laughs> he might catch me, but I'm a uh, I'm a blend him out. You know what I'm saying? I got a score, man. You know. I don't know. I, uh, I think he's smart enough to understand. Like once you see that first time when he's coming, you better you better weave. I thought he kept. I think he kept. I think he kept it too straight. Like you got to yeah. like, Okay, I got more. Got field. Like, if, I think if he would have weave, like if he would have took it to the middle of the field, I think he would have lost DK. But DK had him on a stride. Like DK was. Yeah. He was all in and catching him, but if he would have just broke to the middle of the field, I think DK wouldn't have been able to change direction on that one. No, so yeah, you gotta weave. You gotta weave. You gotta weave, man. It's all about bobbing <laughs> and weaving, man. You gotta weave. <laughs> DK Metcalf, that see that play right there just show you, man, just the type of competitor he is, man. Uh, and you can see that in his game, them jump balls, them 50-50 balls, how, how he running, get it in and out of routes. He a, he a competitor. And then with that size, with that. That gift God gave him, man, that quickness, that size, that speed, is going to be hard to deal with DK for a long, long time, man. So what he is, number five, number five on the list, DK Metcalf, man, is going to be a problem. He definitely going to be, as long as he got Russell, he definitely going to be top three soon. And, and we saw him last year win a number of primetime matchups that we would have highlighted in our eight and in the definitely. eight one matchups. Dom he dominated that Darius Slade matchup, won that matchup against Stephon Gilmore, at least got that touchdown uh, mm -hmm. against him in that big uh, primetime matchup. Uh, the thing about DK Metcalf, too, Akeem, and I wonder if you've seen anybody like this in your – I mean, you've seen it. His rookie year, even though he had separation, even though he had a lot of goal line opportunities, I think he was one of the top wide receivers with goal line opportunities, he did not have great hands. He did right. not complete the, uh, the passes thrown to by Russell Wilson. But that change, and obviously you put Russell Wilson in your top, the top four uh, for quarterbacks, and now him with, D, uh, with uh, DK Metcalf. What did you see in year two of that connection? Uh, I've seen like contested catches. He made them. You know what I'm saying? And that's just work, man. That's that's something he probably never had to work on because nobody contesting his catches. He that big, that fast. He just run by everybody and catch an easy pass, right? But it's the NFL now, so. You're going to have guys like Gilmore right there, and you're going to have to body up, lock them eyes in, and make that catch, right? So I think he just went and worked on that, man. He worked on contested catches because that's that's the that's really the only thing that changed this year. It was like some of the balls that he didn't catch last year, this past year, didn't catch the year before, this past year he was making those 50-50 balls. He was making those 50-50 catches, man. And if you make those, that's going to be a, a lot of your catches, especially if, if your quarterback throwing it to you. So – that's going to up your numbers a lot. Yeah, you get to see there was a level of confidence that Russell Wilson had 
uh, when he came to targeting DK Metcalf and Hell yeah. what Wilson was able to do between going between him and Tyler Lockett. It was a pick your poison. Uh, Russell was really cooking for a while there. It was a lot of fun to watch. All right, before we go to our next wide receiver, because Calvin Ridley's at number six, DK Metcalf at number four, uh, at number five, at number four, uh, we had uh, one of the best wide receivers last year when it comes to receiving yards. Actually, led the league in receiving yards and receptions. Our producer Paul Aspen put some money down on him and won a couple chips doing it. Yes, uh, sir, listen, Paul. <laughs> there you go, Paul. And before we do that, why don't we take a listen? Uh, to Andre Reed, famous Buffalo Bill, talk about the talent that he saw with Stephon Diggs. Well, I got to go with my boy Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, great at the deep ball, um, runs routes well, uh, very, very, very savvy within the numbers. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Stephon. So you guys should have checked it out last year. If you didn't, you should have gotten familiar. Maybe we'll try and do something like this uh, this upcoming season. But basically, Akib uh, picked five wide receivers at some at certain point in the season. And Andre Reid came on the show, and he picked his five. And he basically said, uh, whoever gets the most wide receiving yards, that person wins. Here's why I'm upset, though, Akib. Here's why I'm upset. The winner, the loser, was supposed to do some push-ups. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't get it. <laughs> Andre Reed ain't Andre, get it. We, we still ain't seen them push ups, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, a bet is a bet. If you're going to pay, you're going to pay. We ain't going to hound you over to nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And now, shout out to Justin Jefferson, who I wouldn't say he replaced Stefan Diggs, but he replaced Stefan Diggs. I'm, I'm sure Minnesota's very happy with their wide receiver core between him and Adam Thielen. But what did Stefan Diggs uh, uh, keep do for Josh Allen? And, and were you kind of caught up? I don't think anybody had Stefan Diggs up there, right? Before well, he I went think, to Buffalo. I think he turned a corner. I think he turned a corner. I think, my honest opinion, I think he had a, a better quarterback. He had a stronger arm, a smarter quarterback, one who can create a little bit more time for him, right? He can create the extra second when he needs to. So I think that quarterback play, uh, that quarterback play helped Stefan Diggs, man. And he really took his game to the level that, that that I thought it could be on, man. So as far as route running and creating separation, him and Devontae Adams is there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, that change of direction is crazy. So, man, you get a big-time arm, you create that separation, you got a guy who can get you that ball with a big-time arm, man. I think that's going gonna, gonna to bring out the best in your game. Well, that's the interesting thing when you were probably doing these rankings because you got a guy like Stefan, like maybe last year, right, after his season with the Vikings, you wouldn't have put him yeah. in the top six. Well, all of a sudden, he gets a quarterback upgrade. Like, oh, no, he a top six wide receiver. Exactly. There must have been a bunch of guys you've been like, ah, he don't he don't got the quarterback. He needs to be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and if you don't got the quarterback, your number's going to show it, right? So, I mean, it, he had to split he had to split footballs with Thielen kind of last year. Some people might say Thielen was the number one guy on, in, in Minnesota while Diggs was there, right? So, I don't know. It's I know when we played him, I think I was hurt when we played Minnesota. But so our number one corner was MP at the time. MP went to Thielen. You know what I'm saying? Because Thielen was the one balling. So I think being the true number one guy, this is my show, and you got a quarterback with that huge arm, that really cranked his numbers up. You got to really see Stephon Diggs come out that shell. Now, now the other guy who's coming in here at number three truly showed that he's elite. You almost had uh, Deshaun Watson in your top six for quarterback rankings. This guy goes to a young quarterback in Arizona, and he makes play after play after play. He was second in targets 
second in receptions. DeAndre Hopkins, an absolute stud at the wide receiver positions. We knew he was great when he was with Deshaun Watson, right? It didn't matter if Deshaun Watson was there or not. We already knew he was great. Right. What was the most impressive thing for you, for him, coming to Arizona and playing as well as he did under Kyler Murray? Uh, just, just his leadership, man. I think he handled the trade well. You know what I'm saying? He just, he handled it well, social media, everything. And then on top of that, he was all about business the whole season, man. He wanted to be super productive just so he can kind of, you know, look at the Texans like, all right, y'all traded me for a two? Like, all right. So he kind of, he kind of had that chip on his shoulder, man. And you could, you could see it in his play this year, man. Uh, and the one thing about Hot, man, it don't even matter who his quarterback is. He had Deshaun. He got Kyler, but who was his quarterback before that? When he was really making his name as Hop, it was it was everybody, right? You had Brock, you had so many quarterbacks. So man, that's the one thing about Hop. It don't even matter who his quarterback is. He got that he got that one ability, and that's ball skills, that jump ball ability. He got it the best in the league, man, and that's why he always gonna be top three as long as he playing. Now, does it worry you? Uh, when it comes to uh, success of the Arizona Cardinals, that he had so much of the target share. Yes, he's elite. Obviously, you, could, you can go to him. I, I know they made some. Uh, they made uh, the selection in in the draft. They also got AJ Green. We'll have to see what type mm-hmm. of AJ Green they get from a. Again, you play more GM Akib, GM Talib. How do you feel about how they're structured offensively from in the wide receiver court, the wide receiver depth? Is it healthy to have a, a oh, wide receiver that gets that much targets? In that Cardinals, in that Cardinals offense, it's healthy because they throw the ball a lot, right? So somebody gonna have a twelve to fourteen targets a game, and who else would you rather that be than Hop? So I think I think it's super healthy, man. They got they got people forget about Christian Kirk over there with his fifty targets, sixty targets, and eight touchdowns, eight hundred yards. Man, he got. He probably the most productive receiver with the least amount of targets. I guarantee you Christian Kirk is up there. So they built different, man. They got guys who can make plays everywhere, right? And then they add the young guy more, add him to the equation, man. I think for this type of offense, that Texas Tech style of offense, they're going to throw the ball a ton. So you need a bunch of wideouts. Guys get hurt. Guys, you know what I'm saying, COVID and all that kind of shit happens. So you need guys to be able to just you can move them around, just just pop them in, man. So, I think I think it is healthy. You need somebody gonna get them 14, 15 targets, man. So, you gotta have that. So now I, I feel as I mean everybody has an argument, right? But now I feel like D Hop got a real good argument, right? Because we talked about his time with Deshaun Watson, we talked about his time with Kyler Murray, right. we talked about his time with Brock Osweiler, and he's doing his thing. Meanwhile, yeah. guy at number two, I mean, again, no slight at him. But he yeah. got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, number two, by the way. Yeah, now, I, I mean, and, so, he's. I mean, he's. So, do you not? How did you? How did you balance that ranking? Because again, Tyreek Hill, as great as he is, right, he got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> right. So I kind of went on when I got to when I got to them three man, Hop, Tyreek, Devontae, Devontae, number one. We put out there. So I kind of was like. Man, they all doing their thing on the field. So I kind of went to, man, all right, if I was guarding them, who going to be the toughest? That's that's I'm going to go who the best. And, man, Tyreek, <laughs> he just the toughest, bro. He quick. He a hard tackle. You can't tackle him if he catch a quick hit. You can't tackle him. And then he got straight gas to run by you and the safety that you got helping, right? So, man, he outrun double coverage. 
every receiver who Patrick Mahomes has can't outrun double coverage. So, you know what I'm saying? That's something special that he can do, man. He got real game speed. Some guys just got good time your 40 speed, but everybody don't got game speed. Some guys good. Some guys got bad time your 40 speed, but they got great game speed, man. Tyreek Hill got both. And speed is a huge weapon in the NFL, especially when you got Patrick Mahomes who could throw at 75, man. So Tyreek Hill at number two, man. I just feel like he a little bit more dangerous than uh than uh than Hop just cause that speed, man. They both got pretty good ball skills. They both could judge the ball in the air. But I feel like just that speed advantage, and he got great finishes too, man. He got great 50-50 ball catches as well. So Great 50-50 ball catches, and you got that speed. That kind of puts you a little bit ahead of hop, just a little bit. Patrick Mahomes with Tyree Kill and Miko Hardman, the explosion rate is out of control. And I Crazy. imagine you, you you would believe that with a revamp offensive line, yeah. it's only going to get worse for defenses. Man, it's, it's going to be a crazy year for the Chiefs. I'm excited to watch it. For sure. All right, so at number one, as you alluded to, Devontae Adams, I think – and you're the bat, uh, football analyst here, so I'll let you really break it down for for everybody. I think the most impressive thing about his campaign last year, he had 18 touchdowns. Him and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers were unstoppable. I think the most impressive thing, and, and I remember one Sunday, uh, Paul and I were talking about this because we were worried about the win factor uh, in, in Green Bay because, you know, we were putting down some chips. Um, <laughs> we were worried about, we wondered, oh, can DeAndre, uh, oh, sorry, can Devontae Hopkins, Adams, sorry, so many years. Can Devontae Adams continue to go off? And Aaron Rodgers just started throwing him the little two-yard pass. Go ahead, yeah. break the man. Touchdown. That's the, what I'm versatil- the versatility in how he was scoring last year was truly impressive. The versatility is probably what got him number one, man. He could he could probably do everything. He got great releases. He got great routes. He a tough tackle if he catch something short. He could take you up top with the speed. And then... I don't really see him jumping over guys' head, mossing them as as far as ball skills, but I see his adjustments to the ball on them back shoulders because Aaron Rodgers not going to just throw nothing right at the DB where you got to jump over his head. Aaron Rodgers is going to put it a little bit outside, so you got to turn your body and adjust and make that catch. And can't nobody adjust like Devontae, man. He adjusting to every single ball that Aaron Rodgers throw him. And, and them ball skills, in my opinion, man, that's a certain type of ball skill, so... Great ball skills, great speed, great hands, 50-50 catches. He got the total package, man. And then, you know, out of them top three, Hop, uh, Tyreek, and uh, Devontae, if I was to have to guard all of them, I think Devontae might be the toughest cover, man. So that's why Devontae Adams number one receiver in the league. And, you know, the one another thing that I liked about Devontae, uh, now D-Hop is a very confident dude, you could tell. Tyreek Hill's very confident, dude. I, I'd be very upset if dude threw me the peace sign I was running by me. I'd be upset about Man. that. But the one the one thing I loved about Devontae when he came on the show last year, he was so hyped for that Jalen Ramsey matchup, but yet he was still calm and confident. But he oh, talked yeah. about wanting oh, the shadow coverage. Was. Oh, you saw how hype he was when they played each other, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He went over there, talked a little noise pregame. That's just that confidence, man. That's that's another thing that got him to number one, man. That, you go over there and holler at Jalen Ramsey. Make sure you're coming with me. You just go holler at him a little bit. Then you come out, touch down, have a pretty good game. Hey, I I, I like that. So that kind of that kind of solidified that number one. For sure. The swag gets your bonus points, for sure. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, any wide receivers that you really wish the list was up to eight, nine, 
who who was out there? Man, the young boy. I told you it's full of young boys, man. But Justin Jefferson, he close. He got that Odell flash, that Devontae Adams, that Stephon Diggs mix. He like all three of them guys threw in one little pot, man. So I won't be surprised that if in June next year we doing this show and, and, and Justin Jefferson is on the list, I won't be surprised. And then just somebody else, I think the two young boys, Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase, I definitely think both of them boys is going to not take long to, to be in that top 10, top five conversation. I got two names for you that, that I, have to, I have to ask you about. Number one, yeah. and this is, I mean, obviously it's, it's obvious why he's not in there, but Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. Give me your thoughts on, on what's next for him. And, and obviously, he has, he's trying to get back from injury. Where do you see right. things going for him? Well, O just had new teams. I think new teams, new system. Then you, you then on top of that, boom, you got injuries and stuff. So just recently, he kind of been, you know, not as popular as he usually is. But I think, man, I think he would have been a difference in that Kansas City playoff game if O was there because the Chiefs packed that box and they kind of did what they did with Landry. But if you got O out there, it's going to be hard to pack that box. You asking O to go for 200, two tubs if you pack that box. So he the, he the, he the Browns X factor, in my opinion, man. If he's healthy and he there, why that run game rolling, he the X factor. He he is what get the Browns over the top, in my opinion. Ooh, that, that so I, I asked this question earlier in the episode, and I think this may be more apropos uh, because you look at OBJ's career with the, the Giants, had that failure, a bunch of key drops in that Green Bay Packers playoff game when they played in when they played in Green Bay and played at Lambeau. Last year, Cleveland Browns had their one of the most successful seasons in a long time. He's mm-hmm. not there. Fair or foul, this season can make or break OBJ's legacy. Uh, I think, I, like I say, I think your legacy is it's what different, you did. It's different from Cam now. Yeah, I think your legacy is what you did in the past, though. It's like what I did up to this point. So if if I just turned trash at this point and I was the best receiver or the best DB in the league for the first eight years, and then year eight through ten, I kind of turned trash. What I did the first eight years is is still on record, man. That's still, you know what I'm saying? That's still, I still was a first-round pick. I still was the interception leader or whatever I did them first eight years. That's still on record. So you can't change that, man. So once you build in that legacy, I don't think you can really break it down unless you do like, you know, some some with the law or, you know what I'm saying, some crazy stuff that really tarnish your name, man. So I think O just fine, man. Anything he do from this point on is just gonna crank that legacy up. Okay. And then finally, two guys who are gonna make valid arguments, uh, but maybe you thought that because they're gonna be playing together, they'll probably take from each other's plate. Julio Jones, AJ Brown, now teammates. They're right. devastating, but both of them getting that top six. Well, how did you manage to keep them out? Because they're both beasts when they're on the field. Well, Julio kind of the same as kind of the same as o, o, OBJ. Uh, just know the last couple of years, the injuries and stuff. Your numbers ain't been what they usually are, right? So that's the main thing that really kept Julio off. And AJ, man, it's just shit. I only could pick six. AJ, right there, bro. He's seven, eight, nine. He right there, bro. But I only could pick six, man, and. That was my six. Uh, shout out to AJ Brown though for being mature enough to be like, "Yo, hey. we have a chance to win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this guy Julio on my team." A lot it's of guys have done that. Yeah, AJ know it's gonna help him, man. He he lost Davis, man. He know he gonna get all the double coverage. Now you got Julio. Hey, you get to eat again. You get to eat again this year. Julio probably gonna get the doubles, 
And if he don't, then Julio going to eat. Eventually, the switch, it'll go back and forth. The doubles will go back and forth, man. Whoever you don't double going to eat. So, shout out AJ, man. You'll be on this top six in no time. AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Derek Action Henry. figures. <laughs> it's They're the Tennessee, be... the Tennessee action figures. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely nuts for the Tennessee Titans this year. So, it's going to be a yeah, lot of fun is. to watch. Speaking of Derrick Henry, when we come back next week after your 4th of July weekend, we will do our Pick 6 series featuring running backs. Make sure you tune in. You have to imagine that Derrick Henry's in the top six. It would only be right. Some other names, I guess you have to find out. That's the keep to lead. I'm Harrison Sanford. Call to the booth of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. See you next week. <laughs>